welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. So good to see everybody here at His Church. My name is Pastor Patrick Donahue. I am the campus pastor here at at, uh, His Church Owensboro, and uh, it is an honor to be with you here this morning, and uh, it's an honor to always be with you. And uh, right now, we've got our senior, uh, our senior and founding pastor, Pastor Brian and Pastor Jesse. They, with several other members of, of our church organization, they are in Israel right now. So we're going to continue uh, praying for them and lifting them up. So as you're praying this week, just continue to pray that they would have a safe trip over there and safe travel as, as they're going to and from over there. And then also just for God, just to speak to them, just a fresh word from heaven, a fresh, fresh vision from heaven. And uh, come on, I, f- I feel like God's going to touch us here in this service as well. Come on, let's, let's pray and let's ask, let's ask God to change us today. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for everybody under the sound of my voice. I thank you that today is, is not just any day, but it's, a, it's another day and an opportunity, Father, to just encounter you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you that not one person in here under the sound of my voice or watching with us online, not one person is going to leave from here the same. I thank you, Lord. We leave here different as we as we reach uh, uh, closer to you, as we grow closer to you, Father God. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for all these things. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. The church said, "Amen, amen, amen." Come on, are you guys uh, are you are you guys going to help me out today? Are you are you guys a, a loud crowd out there? Come on. Okay, see, see, the first service, they didn't get to sleep in like you guys. They came in, they came in ready. So are you guys, are, are you guys a loud crowd out there? Come on. All right. All right, there you go. All you Kentucky fans, I, I know y'all were loud like that yesterday when Auburn went down, right? You guys won the SEC championship yesterday. So, so we can be loud with UK basketball. We can be loud and, and excited for the things of God. And today we're talking about uh, tracking your miracle or track your miracle, and uh, I, I thought about this, just thinking about just really how life goes right now, right? We we um, we're we're an e-commerce uh, civilization now, and we do just about everything online. You you buy stuff, you order stuff, you come online, you get probably uh, notifications, maybe on uh, your email or your text message, kind of giving you the status, your update. It's like okay, it's packaged, it's being it's being handled, it's at the warehouse, it's being delivered now. Um, you, you get you get different notifications like that. And I live for those. I love those. I hold on to those. I, I like to watch the different stages of whatever it is that I ordered. I want to see where it's at. I want to know where it's at. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can, order, you can order clothes, you know, maybe something from Amazon. You can order food. Come on. And uh, the, the pizza guy, right? I love that pizza guy. And I like to track my pizza. You know, they say it's, it's going to be 45 minutes. I have faith for 20-minute delivery. I'm, I'm believing it's going to get there early. And, uh, but I never, you know what happens though in, uh, in, in this e-commerce system that we get so accustomed to and, so, and we get so used to operating in, I never, I never call Pizza Hut and order that pizza. And I never hang up the phone and, and I wonder, man, I really hope they don't forget my pizza. I never, I never think, man, I hope, they, I hope they bring it to me, you know. I hope that guy doesn't just go rogue and just go off with my pizza. I have pretty much a, a pretty, pretty nice little bit of confidence 
in Pizza Hut to bring me that pizza. I have a pretty good amount of confidence in Amazon to deliver that thing I paid for and I ordered online. And uh, really, as a society, we do. We put great confidence in this system, and we get so used to it, it, we don't even put much thought into it. It's like, yeah, I ordered it. It'll be here. It'll be here later today. It'll be here later this week. I already put an order in for that. I know that it's coming. And really, as, as men and women, and, and really just children of God, if we would learn to take that same mindset and have that same uh, mindset in God's system and believe what God has for us is on its way, what, what God says about us is true, what God, what God has promised us is, is actually going to happen, I think we can learn to track our miracles. And, I, and just, for, just for encouragement, it's like, hey, so if I'm believing for what God is sending my way, what is God sending my way? I just encourage you with some very, uh, uh, just a couple of, of very familiar scriptures right there. One is that out of 2 Corinthians 1 20. 2 Corinthians 1 20, it says, For all the promises of God uh, in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Also in Jeremiah 29 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, or, or I know the promises I have for you, declares the Lord, plans or promises to prosper you, not to, ha- to harm you, plans and promises to give you a hope and to give you a future. So we know that what God is trying to send our way, we know it is a good thing. We know he has promised it. We know he has said it is yes and amen. So it's not uh, uh, maybe, we'll see, we'll kind of wait and see if this thing is going to be delivered. He said, I am sending it. Uh, You think about Jesus. Uh, I think it's in Mark 4, I think uh, Mark chapter 4, when he's in the boat with the disciples and the storm comes against them. And he, and he says, before they even start out on the journey, he says, let us go to the other side. And they get in the boat. The story of Jesus, he goes down, he's asleep at the bottom of the boat. All these disciples that are with him, they're, they're fishermen by trade. So they're used to seeing storms arise on, on, on the sea and on, on, you know, when, when they're on the water. And the storm, it comes and it's so big and so massive, it's freaking them out even though they've seen many things like this, and they go and they wake Jesus up, you know, Lord, Lord, the, the storm's coming. We're going to die. And, and Jesus kind of has like this reaction like, guys, did I not say let's go to the other side? And he just calmly and, and easily speaks to the storm, and he says, peace, be still. The storm dies down, and you know what happens? They go to the other side because that's what he said. That's what he commanded. That was his promise. And I think in, in like mind, if, if we can just learn to tap into that level of faith and that level of assurance and just believe that God said it's going to happen. Man, I'm believing it's going to happen. I want to track his promises in my life. I want to watch them come to pass. I want to watch that miracle come to pass. And uh, I, think, I think we can learn to do that. Come on. And uh, I think we can learn a little bit about this. Really, uh, the, w- the way I want to teach about it through this morning is really looking at through one vein of, of Scripture, one story. And uh, it's a guy I like to talk about a lot because I think there's a lot we can learn from him as a leader. He's an imperfect leader, but he's a, a lot of leadership things I think you can pull from him is the character of Gideon. Gideon, And this is out of the book of Judges. And I'll read through just a few verses out of out of book of Judges, verse uh, chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 9. And it just says this. It says, Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod, the camp of Midian, was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. Now the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left 
when 10,000 remained. Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and, and thin them out. Of, uh, of where you are. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. If I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Verse five, so Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank with cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. Verse seven, the Lord said to Gideon, with these 300 men, that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay before him in the valley. Verse nine, during that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. So just an overall perspective of this story from, from Gideon's mindset, it's, hey, here, here, here are the bad guys. I'm going to go defeat these bad guys. And the bad guys, they outnumber us vastly, even with my 32,000. But the Lord said, I'm, I'm going to go take victory. So that's what I'm going to go do with my 32,000. So he starts to go in that direction. And, uh, you know, he's like, they're, they're getting, he's getting ready. And the Lord says, no, no, I'm going to sift this down a little bit because you've got even though you're outnumbered, you still have too many, and you'll, you'll get the credit, and, and the credit won't go to where the real victory comes from. It comes from me being with you. So instead of those 32,000, I'm going to sift it down to 10,000. It's a pretty good drop. Gideon doesn't, though, but he doesn't even, uh, it's not a hiccup, not a, not a word, not a murmur, not a complaint. He says, okay, we'll keep going. He said, no, well, actually, even with the 10,000, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dial this back even further. We're going to get it down, sift it down to 300. 32,000 to 300. That's a massive difference. But you see Gideon, he's a great leader. You don't see him ever once. He's not murmuring. He's not complaining. He's not getting on a soapbox talking about, I can't believe God is doing this to us. He's not on social media posting, taking selfies. I cannot believe. This is my face when God takes my army from 32,000 to 300 face. You know, he, he, he's not doing that. And he never once complains. He just sticks with the plan. So my first lesson I see in Gideon in that is that when we want to track our miracle, track the blessing of God, is that delivery options may vary right? Delivery options may vary. Gideon thought it was going to be this way, but it happened a completely different way. And he never let, it, let his attitude of his heart change. And, uh, and so the outcome was, was the same. He, he got the victory that he, uh, he was promised and that he knew that was his anyway. And he didn't let his attitude change one bit. I'll be honest, sometimes I can get like that. Can anybody else get like that when things don't exactly happen the exact way you think it should? Can you get a little bent out of shape sometimes? I'll be honest, I can. It's like, you know, a little, little inner tick and twitch. It's like, oh, gosh, can we, did this have to go this way? Why couldn't it go another way? Uh, you know, and so, uh, so we could all kind of get like that. Uh, we do it in everyday life. I do it. We go to, uh, we, we go to a, a Walmart sometimes. We do the pickup deli uh, uh, grocery system. Anybody use that? I guess Walmart. I guess they all use it now. You can call ahead of time. They'll get your stuff ready. You go to pick it up. And just about 99% of the time, I go, I go to pick up those groceries. There's always something that's substituted, right? Something that's missing. It's like, well, we, we didn't have that. But I don't just get bent out of shape and start yelling at the person bringing me my groceries. I don't start cursing Walmart, right? 
Why, why do we get that way sometimes with God? It's like, man, this didn't really happen exactly like I thought it would. I'm going to, you know, start, start bad-mouthing the church. I'm going to start bad-mouthing God. Come on, let, you know, let's not get bent out of shape. Let's not get too stuck on the way things, the way we think things need to happen or have to happen because sometimes, man, that, that delivery option, it might vary. And, uh, you know, I think about, I, I think about, you know, we do that all the time. And uh, I, I even wrote down some notes as I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm, as I was preparing for this, and I said, too often, we want it our way. And I, I know that's true for me. Again, maybe it's not true for you. I know too often I, I, want, I want it my way. I want, Pat, I want it Patrick's way. And we think that we know the best. We know the best version of how to carry out something. Even though Scripture says, it's very clear, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. We know that there's a better way to do things and to go about things. But even so, we, we still try to make it all about us. And, uh, and sometimes we think that we know better than an omniscient being. I wrote there in my notes, thinking about just an omniscient being. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's everywhere, creator of the heavens and the earth. Yet I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. But somehow I think my way is going gonna, is gonna to outwit and outmatch his way. You, you guys ever see this meme? I saw this meme on, online the other day. It says, my ability to remember song lyrics from the 80s far exceeds my ability to remember why I walked into the kitchen. You guys, you guys ever do that? You ever walk into the kitchen? It's like, what, what was I doing in here? You, make it, you even make it all the way, almost to the finish line. You get to the refrigerator. You open up that door, and it's like, what was I going to get? Was it, was it milk or grapes? You know? It's like nothing related. It's like just like your mind's going in every, every direction. We've got a two-story house. Sometimes I'll walk up the stairs, and I get to the top of the stairs. I'm like, I know there was a reason I came up here. What was I doing? Was it laundry? Was it a kid's toy I'm looking for? What, what, what is it? And we do all of these things, and we do these things on a daily basis, these silly things. But yet, sometimes we get this mindset. It's like, if it's not my way, if it doesn't happen exactly the way I think it should happen, we can get bent out of shape. So let me encourage you, again, with the fact that delivery options, they may vary. So if something doesn't happen to the T exactly how you think it should, don't get bent out of shape and, and just just continue to be faithful to God because I'm telling you, the miracle is on its way. Let's continue to track our miracle. Let's not get bent out, bent out of shape on the delivery process. And second thing I think I see out of that, out of Gideon, if we get very specific into the scripture, the first sifting of, of his army, the first sifting of the people that are with him. And I'll just, in that one verse, in verse three, Judges seven, verse three, it says, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. And, now, and so 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. And I think about that just as a separate thought, just as a leader, what internally that must have meant uh, and, and with the thoughts that were going through Gideon's mindset that 22,000 of his men and on the verge of battle, he's getting ready to take into battle, 22,000 of his guys walked up and, and left him. And uh, man, I'm like, man, I don't know how I would process that as a leader. And again, again, it goes to Gideon's leadership. He never swayed, never, never flinched. He just kept moving forward. And so, but that first sifting, why does it happen? He says, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back. And so basically, God's looking on the inside. He's given uh, Gideon an insight. Hey, these guys, they're really not going to help you in the fight anyway. Internally, they've got a heart issue. And that's really what fear is. It, it's, a, it's a heart issue. And uh, it's, it's amazing. We've been, we've been really, something we've actually been teaching on the whole, pretty much the whole month of February on Wednesday nights. 
You don't come to Wednesday, if you don't come to Wednesday nights, man, you need to come. And uh, we, we taught on that whole subject basically the whole month on dealing with offense and the trap of offense and how to combat that. Uh, and, and that's really, it, it's a heart issue. And uh, so, so, uh, so the second thing I see there out of Gideon is don't let fear derail your delivery. Don't let fear derail the delivery of your miracle. I know, I know one little guy that doesn't operate in fear, and that's my little boy, uh, Patrick. We went to this dance uh, this past week. You guys check this video out. This is Patrick going to his dance at his school. Music's playing. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get my dance on right here. I don't even know if there's music playing. It could be just silent. He's just going at it. The hand gestures, I don't know what any of that means. He's going to town. And so, yeah, we'll just watch it again. That's cool. I liked it. And, um, and the thing was, though, he, he got out there. We, the, the music's playing. We get out on the dance floor, and he takes just a second to just kind of survey the scene. And then, like, out of nowhere, he just, just break dance city, just like that. And I promise you, like, we don't break dance like at our house. We don't just sit there, like, on Sunday nights. We're not just, like, doing the worm and stuff. Like, he was, he was in there trying to do the worm. I didn't get it on video, but he's, like, he's, like, doing the robot and stuff. And I'm, like, what, what is, where did this come from? This is awesome. And, um, but, but he had zero fear. He was not worried one iota about the circumstances, about anything, anybody else. He was, like, you know what? The mission was to dance, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dance. I even asked him after the fact. I'm like, buddy, did you have fun? He said, yeah, my feet just couldn't stop dancing. He just, he just, he was so excited about it. And uh, so I think about another, another portion of Scripture. You think about, um, so, so Patrick, he had no fear. I think about uh, the famous story of, of the walls of Jericho falling down. You think of Joshua and, um, and the opportunity to, for fear to really grip and, and, and really prevent a, a mighty move of God happening in that story. You think about Joshua trying to convey the, the, the battle plans to his troops. It's like, hey guys, here's what we're going to do. Here's Jericho, a well-walled, well well-fortified city, well-armed well city down there. Here's, here's how we're going to overcome it. You know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to take some horns and we're just going to blow those horns. And we're going to make some loud noises. And then we're going, to, we're going to walk a bunch of circles, just a whole bunch of circles around this fortified city. And I, I'm trying to think, like, if I'm one of those guys and I'm like, wait, wait, what are we going to do? Where, where's the mention of, like, spears or, like, modern warfare, modern artillery? We're just going to, we're going to take some instruments and a Fitbit and we're going to go take down this, this well-fortified city. What, what, you know, what's the, what's, what, is this, is this really what we're going to do? But none of them let fear grip them. No, uh, you know, Joshua didn't let fear grip them. This is what the Lord said. This is the game plan. And they went and, and a mighty move of God happened. Those walls, what they do, you all know the song, they came tumbling down. And uh, so don't let fear derail your delivery. And, uh, and so fear, a lot of times too, it's, it's a heart issue. It, it's an internal issue. Right, Gideon couldn't see that. It wasn't an outward thing that he could see. God had to say, "Look, these guys—they're afraid. Just ask them; they'll tell you. They're afraid. You just can't see it." And so you, we really have to guard our heart. That's why the Bible talks about, "Hey, above all else, above all else, if you don't do anything else, this is what you need to do. You need to guard your heart. So guard your heart. Look at your neighbor. Tell them. Say, guard your heart. You—you you need. I remember y'all are the loud crowd. Y'all tell your neighbor. Say, guard your heart." There you go. And so you, you need to guard your heart. So guard what is coming in. 
Guard what's coming in. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you watching on TV? What are you binge watching? What are you watching on the internet? What, what are, what's coming into your heart? And if you want a quick kind of a litmus test on the condition of your heart, just take notice and inventory of what you are saying. The Bible also says that, you know, out, out of the heart, your mouth speaks. So if you want to really know the kind of the condition of your heart, if you're speaking faith, if you're speaking fear, if you're speaking doubt, if you're speaking condemnation, are you speaking blessing? Pastor Brian talked about this last week. You know, what, what, what is your heart saying? Or what, what is your mouth saying? That's the, the condition of your heart. So check your heart, watch your heart, protect your heart, guard your heart, and don't let fear derail your delivery because God has a miracle he wants to put in your hands. Amen? So, uh, so delivery options may vary. Don't, don't worry about if, if things don't work out exactly like you think they, they should. Don't let fear grip you and derail your miracle. And the third thing I see is, uh, is found in verse 5, the second sifting of this army. And verse 5, it says, so Gideon took the men. He's down to 10,000 now. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And so basically, and, and then that number sifted down from 10,000 all the way down to, to 300. And so maybe you've seen this uh, explained before, uh, but, but it's, uh, it's basically, he's, he's looking to see which, which ones got down, kind of, they just went face first into the water, right? They're, they're, that's, that's how they chose to drink the water. Or he's looking for those 300 that scooped up the water and brought it to their mouths. That way they can keep their head up, they can keep their eyes up, they can keep their eyes on their enemy. They can keep their eyes on the battlefield. He looked for those 300 that would lap, lap up the, the water like that. And, um, and, so that, and those are the 300 that he took down and had victory over in the battlefield. Now, now for two reasons, uh, those guys that, 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 um, that did not uh, bring the water to their mouth like that. For two reasons, they would have done that. Either they were never taught or trained to do that, so they didn't know they should have done that in the battlefield. That, they didn't know to keep their head on a swivel, or they had been trained like that and they chose not to do it. They forgot their training. And uh, such an important lesson in that is, is, um, is just being available uh, for what God has for you. And that's the third point I, I think I see in there is just be available for pickup. Be available to the things of God. And, uh, and do what God has called you to do. I think of another uh, portion in Scripture is, uh, is Samuel. Uh, in Samuel, if you look in 1 Samuel chapter 3, you see Samuel, he's a prophet of God. He's, a young, he's very young at this point. The Bible even talks about he, he doesn't, doesn't even really know the Lord at this point. And he starts to hear God calling him at night. And, it, and he would wake up night after night. And he, he, th he thinks it's someone else that's calling him. And eventually, uh, think about the third night, uh, he, when, when he hears God wake him up and he calls him, he says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I think if we'll just keep ourselves in that position and an attitude in a heart, uh, our, our hearts in that place and have a mindset of speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What do you, what, what do you want me to be? I'll be whatever you want me to be, Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Direct me. I'm, I'm available to you. Be available for pickup. And you see Samuel go on to be a mighty prophet and do great things for the kingdom. Uh, and, and you go on in that same book in 1 Samuel chapter 15, 
And you see, and you see the story of Saul kind of, kind of come to a bitter end. Saul, Samuel's been with Saul for a very long time at this point, and um, Saul, just in a nutshell, this, this, this story, how it plays out in chapter 15, Saul is instructed by Samuel, who's instructed by God. So God tells the prophet Samuel, hey, go tell the king Saul this is what he needs to go do. So the instruction is to go down and, and basically eradicate this enemy that's, that's, that's nearby. Just don't leave anything don't, don't leave anything behind. Just eradicate everything. Destroy everything. And instead, Saul goes in and he spares a king that's there, an enemy king. He, and he spares the, the very best livestock that's there. And uh, he thought, he thought, he's like, man, I, you know, this isn't what God told me to do. But he thought, I'm, I'm going to do a good thing in this. I'm going to take these very best livestock and I'm going to make them a sacrifice to God. But that's not what God had commanded him to do. Just like those, those, those army guys uh, with Gideon, those that, that, didn't, that, that didn't do their training either. Again, nobody told them to do it or nobody, or they forgot their training. And so Saul, he, for whatever reason, he decided to go rogue, go on his own and do his own thing. And that, again, in a nutshell, Samuel had to go to him and basically say, well, Saul, because you did that, because you didn't follow those instructions, man, you can't, you're no longer king. And shortly after, that's where Samuel goes and blesses and anoints David as the new king. And so it's so important to, to follow what God has called us to do and to be available to what he's, he's called us to do. And um, I think of um, my friend Maxine. I think this last picture I'll show you, my friend Maxine right here. This is Maxine. I met Maxine for the very first time a couple weeks ago. I had not met her until I took this picture with her, basically. My wife and I, we took our kids to an assisted living uh, facility here in town and uh, didn't really have an agenda. Uh, we just kind of showed up one Saturday and we thought, you know, let's just go, let's spend the morning and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna love on some people here and just 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 meet some people, talk to them, greet them. Tiffany, uh, my wife, she's the worship pastor here, and so she can she can play and sing a little bit. So she started doing that on the piano, and uh, while she's playing, I'm just kind of uh, walking around and, and meeting everybody and talking to the individuals that are there. And so I make my way to Maxine, and Maxine is 90. She doesn't look it. She certainly didn't act it. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to her, and she's telling me just the wealth of information, all these life stories, and we're just having a great moment. And uh, Tiffany over the, is over there in, uh, over in the corner of the room, and she starts playing the piano, and um, Maxine starts to tell me about how sometimes they'll have live bands, and she's like, you know, sometimes we have live bands here, and we'll, we'll have some dances. And my husband, you know, he passed away many years ago, but we used to dance all the time. And by the time she said that, I looked at her, and then she kind of squared up at me. I'm like, okay, we're going to dance. And so, uh, so Tiffany keeps, keeps playing. And so Maxine and I, we're dancing, and we're, we're basically doing the middle school dance. We're doing this back and forth. We make about two rotations all the way around, and uh, we're dancing. And, uh, and I, I, I go to take her hand. I'm like, Maxine, you want, me to, you want me to twirl you? I'll twirl you. And I go to, I go to take her hand, and she kind of firms up. She's like, oh, no, I want to look at who I'm dancing with. And uh, I'm like, okay, all right, all right, Maxine. She's 90, but she's got some spite to her. And, uh, and so we dance, and at the end of the dance, Maxine leans in, and she gives me a big old kiss on my cheek, and we just had just a fantastic time, and it was just an easy Saturday. Again, not a big agenda. I didn't have a, a, a word from the Lord or a letter from heaven to say, hey, go do this thing. I was just available. And I think if we'll, if we'll have a, a heart, our hearts in that place and a mindset of that place, just like Samuel, Lord, speak, 
your servant is listening. What do, you, what do you want me to go do? You want me to just go encourage somebody with a word? You want me to serve in a ministry? You want me to be a missionary? What, what, do, you, what do you want me to do? You want me to start a new business? Yeah, how, how do you want me to help? What, what, what would you have me do? And if we'll have that mindset, I mean, we'll be such a blessing to the world around us. And we, too, will be blessed. I'm telling you, I know it probably meant a lot for Maxine. I know it did in that moment, uh, just having that time of conversation and talking to her and dancing with her and all those things, but, and, and all of the, the individuals there. But, um, but, I mean, I know it was blessing them, but, man, I walked out of there blessed. My kids, they walked out of there learning to serve and see, see their parents serve. And uh, our cups, they overflow. The Bible talks about our cups, they overflow. And they overflow for a reason. That overflow is not for us. That overflow is for the world around us. Come on. And so, uh, so let your cups overflow. Be ready. Be available uh, to, to, to be available for the things of God. So, so don't, don't get worried about if things don't happen exactly to the T like you think they should. Let's not get bent out of shape. Come on, let's not let fear derail that miracle. God has a miracle he wants to do in you and through you for other people. And uh, let's be available for the things of God. Come on, and let's walk in the miracles God has for us. Amen, amen. Come on, would you guys stand to your feet for a second? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna confess this as we leave here uh, today. And let, let's, just, let's just make that confession. Let's just make that confession just like Samuel did. Let, let's just make that confession. Say, Lord, I'm available. Say, Lord, I'm available. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll be what you tell me to be. I'll say what you say, tell me to say for your glory. So, Lord... Speak, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Father, I thank you, Lord, now for everybody under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that we would take that and run with it. I thank you, Lord, that we wouldn't get offended. We wouldn't let doubt creep in. I thank you, Lord, we wouldn't get too worked up when things in the natural, in this world, don't work out exactly like we think they should. But I thank you, Lord, we will always keep the position and the posture of saying, Lord, use us, lead me, guide me, help me, use me, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as we do that, miracles will not only happen, for us. They will happen through us. And I thank you, Lord. We'll, we'll be the vessel of someone else's miracle, Father. And I thank you, Lord. You are the God of signs, wonders, and miracles. And I thank you, Lord, that just as revival isn't coming, revival is here. I thank you, Lord, that miracles aren't just coming. Miracles are here. Signs and wonders, they are here. Uh, healings are here. I, I thank you, Lord. Salvation, so many people getting saved today. Salvation is here. You want to do great and mighty things in the world. You want to do them not just to us, but you want to do them through us to help the world around us. I thank you, Lord, that we will be available. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening, Father God. Use us. Lead God and help us to make a difference, to grow the kingdom, and to honor you and glorify you. And Father, we just thank you now for all of these things in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen, amen. Come on, loud crowd. Give him a hand clap, amen. He's a good God. He's a good God.